Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Gents, how are we doing? Tired. Oh dear. Tired, angry. I'm not angry. Hungry. Tired. No, I'm not hungry. Well, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm tired. I've been to the old Toby Carvery earlier on. Oh, the amount of road rage. Minutes. You should have heard the expletives coming out of his mouth on the way down. I'm a little bit poor. I'm a bit under weather. Oh, no. So, feet are cold. Yeah. Starve a fever. So, I've had a cold. Feet are cold. Pardon? Your feet are cold. No, I've got a cold. All right. Can you not tell? Do you have all three meats? Uh, no, I had uh, beef and uh, gammon. Did you, have you been or not? No. You just picked him up in car park. <laughs> Pick me up. He's my driver at the minute. I know. Fucking hell. He's winding me up with that now, to be honest with you. Last Fault. three trips. Faulty alloy. Faulty alloy. He's not, he's got Still. <laughs> <laughs> you have pudding? No. I had a starter. I had a vegetable soup starter. Starter? It's mm. a strange one, isn't it, Chris? Mm. Well, it was, I, I mean, I'm more savoury than sweet. But when you go to Carvery, you just dive straight in, don't yeah. you? Hand over your no, receipt. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Though. I'm not yeah. an animal. Three of the big dogs. Not animal, Chris. <laughs> you like, you like titivating yourself, don't you? Having a soup, just watching it. Watching yeah. the crackling bubble. I'm going to be in there in a minute. A lot of crackling and all. Do you ever ask the fella to chuck the scraps on? Well, to be fair, I had a bit of a, fucking, a, bit of a nightmare week today because there were loads of beef scraps. And I says, oh, chuck, chuck them on, mate. And he did. And then he didn't cut me any off the fucking actual joint. <laughs> I just got the beef scraps. See, future reference, wait until he's done it and then say it. Yeah, I know, schoolboy. I expected better from you. Mm. But luckily I didn't because I'm full. I'm still very full. Get, getting uh, very mixed reviews, the intros. Mixed bag, there's some, some people really sticking up for us, though, I believe. I'm not, I'm not seeing it myself. But some are really going in. Oh, are yeah. they? What, yeah. ate them? Spoiling I, I, it. I saw a comment ruining my favourite podcast. Oh no! Can you? You can skip on YouTube, guys. Yeah, yeah so, so you could just skip it, can you? If you yeah. don't know, if you just double tap the right edge of the screen, it skips it. So yeah, you can just like pull it along as well. Yeah, and somebody always puts in comments where it, where it is, where it finishes. Exactly. Where do you stand on it, Chris? Because I feel like me and John like these, but no, I, I don't. I, I, I'm I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. We don't talk some shite, man, don't we? Are they here to stay, though? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Do you know what's not got mentioned enough? Remember uh, Anthony, Anthony Kay saying that John used to have a Liam Gallagher mop? Er, do. We've not really spoke about that. Did you go full? Got, yeah, what a photo. Have you seen the one at... It's, I think it was Stoke with a foot long hair with highlights. Have you not seen that? Uh, at York. It, it, it was not Liam Gallagher. At York. Well-end. 
At York with Brass, I had the old curtains, blonde eyelid curtains. And I'll tell you something for nothing, it was very, very, very rare I went to a one million on a Saturday night. <laughs> with what, the curtains? What product did you know. go for? Like a wet look or? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get the photos up, Matty can put them in. I'll get you the, uh, the Oasis one. Looks a little bit like, you know, when Lego. You know, <laughs> put it on. You know, he took the Lego off. All it needed was like one of them down and I were a Viking. Did you used to pull the jids down? Oh, yeah. I'll like a proper well end? I'll have a look. <laughs> I'll find it. You'll carry on. <laughs> what's 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 one you've had? Oh, I've had a few bad ones. Have you? Mm. Yeah, people in glass houses, by the way. Oh, I know. People in glass houses. I used to go for the mullet at Sunderland, but I think I've told you, get the bottom bit blonde. The tips? Just the tips. Yeah. Really bad. It looked like a bird had shit on the top because it was just scattered everywhere. But then the bottom long bit was... A strong yellow, really bad. Like cockatoo yellow. Can you remember it? You'll have seen the there picture. There we go. Look Ooh. at that! Oh my like word. Like beauty your head. Do you know what you look like? You look like um, Olive from On The Buzzes. <laughs> I can see that. You just need some glasses. Black glasses. <laughs> Fucking get ready. Right. Get ready. I'll have a look for the... Uh, <laughs> I'll have a look for the thingy one there, I don't know. Did you enjoy Leicester, Chris? Yeah. Leicester away. Oh, we had the live show at Leicester. Oh, we're still on John's area. Right? <laughs> oh, that's nice. You that that's, that's the one I want That's about. the one you look most handsome. I would say, I, I mean, you know what I mean? When do you think you were at your peak, physically? Like, looks what? God, you can't. <laughs> Looks-wise, I've, I've, I know I've, I've always been a four out of ten at, at best. But we've got right we've that one, a, though. We've all had a peak. That's moose, that. Yeah, me four. What age? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I were a bo- You're a cute baby. <laughs> I were a bunny burn. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very, very well aware that I'm fucking bang average looking. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, very comfortable. Yeah, Lester, Matt Elliott, it's twice now. Last two live shows, you've been a dick. Me? What, are you yeah. looking at? what was the last one? Um, Kevin Ball. He started ringing up saying that he, he had, we had paid him and you, he'd, he'd had you up my throat and that he'd been kicking off. Never happened. <laughs> and then I had a train booked straight after the Leicester live show. Matt Elliott, great, great crowd, good show. It was enjoyable, wasn't it? 11 o'clock train, weren't it? We, we usually finish between 10 and half past. Yeah. So I got perfect. There's a train home at 11 o'clock. We're usually gone for half past, so that gives me half an hour to walk three minutes across the road. So I got a little tap on the shoulder at about 25 to 11. Keep asking questions, let them, fu- let them fucking miss the train. <laughs> so I saw tap, I knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> we finished it, come to a natural end, and then he just went, yeah, so um, what about your Scotland day? <laughs> <laughs> But Elliot's just like, what? Like, what, what about it? And he's like, you know, just any nights out or out like that. Didn't know, you didn't know what you were going to say. Any nights out or yeah, stuff at Scotland. You're starting could, to panic, weren't you? I could just feel your eyes. And I then, was sat to your left, man. I, I could just feel your eyes burning through my soul. But I'd, 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 I'd brought it to a natural end. Like, oh, fantastic, best time, last like, finish. <laughs> you even asked for a round of applause as well. Yeah. That's how yeah. much you came to a natural yeah. end. Matt Elliott, everyone. So tell me about Scotland. 
dick. I wish you'd have missed your flight. To be fair, I wish I'd have been on a train at 11 and all. There's a word for it, people getting, you know, gaining pleasure from other people's misfortune. Sadomachism? Sadom. I think, there's a word. Well, yeah, that, that could have been worse. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I, got kept the, going. I got the train, so it was all right. I wish I'd have been on We were still, still sat at the hotel bar at half two, weren't we? Yeah. Never drinking, don't drink Madry. No. Because I... Haven't I told you I get the worst headaches? No. Never, never getting a hangover from drinking no, lager, and then I've started drinking Madri, and I, I'm a nightmare. Yeah, that might I? just be you. you we can't, we can't look at lawsuits because you get an headache. <laughs> get out of the country. <laughs> Terrible headache. And you came back with 24 cans of the bastard. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought we were all right, man. I, I like it. Right, yeah, I can, I can cope with it. I like it, but man up. Doesn't like me. <laughs> Miss Brett can't say that these days. Okay, what? No, sorry. No, Man up. person up. Miss breakfast again <laughs> Saturday morning. Yeah, I made it though. It was lovely. Yeah, she knows. She knows if I've had a good night or not. Because if I've not looked at my phone from like when I've gone to bed to twelve. Yeah. She knows I've had a good night. You know you've had a good night if you've not been on your VPN watching watching something. Well, yeah, I didn't need to use it this week. To be fair, I fell straight off. Well done, though. Like that. Like nice, that Chris. Yeah. Sponsor of this episode, once again, NordVPN, the best VPN service in the business. Would you agree? Talk about service security, security measures oh, and stuff. passwords, bank, bank details, details, everything, under lock and key. Nobody's getting in there. Nah. None of them, none of them naughty snoopers. They're not getting in. Russian spies couldn't get in. No. Nah. You get to the door, Nord's there. No, 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 son, you're not on the list. Off you pop. Can you still get the cheaper streaming services as well? For you it? can. You can bench your location anywhere in the world, so if you're abroad... You can uh, you can get your stuff back in the UK, get your cheaper cheaper streaming services, and you can uh, watch well you can watch matches that are being shown abroad in England. So you go there's a link Say in the no description. More, get yourself involved. A heavy discount on that link. A heavy heavy discount. The nod and the stern look means do it. It's a good offer. So Kevin that. Ball then this week. Yes. Sunderland legend, football legend. Yeah. Hardest man. To play football, with hardest opponent not, we've heard yeah, from many, many a guest. Yeah, no, no, not self-proclaimed. I just <laughs> remember him like really enjoying telling us about a tackle where he's gone through the ball and the man as well. Really, like, really enjoying it. Yeah. And we did a live show straight after after uh, this episode Matt. with him, didn't we? Oh, Bolly, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was good. Should yeah, we get him good. in then? We've had, I don't know, countless stories. Loads of people name you hardest man they've played against. Does it annoy you a little bit? Getting, getting the tag, the hardest player all the time? That's fucking great, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean because he could play a bit as yeah, well? because you could play a bit. You reckon I could as well then, yeah. <laughs> Do you know it's interesting how you say that? I used to years ago. Now listen, firstly, it's a nice compliment. Yeah. And I think... Whether it's the hardest player, I'd like to think that's also in terms of being a competitive player. Like everybody, I hated losing and I would literally do anything and everything to win a game of football. And when people say, would you kick your granny to win a game of football? I'd boot her twice just to make sure, like, if I'm honest <laughs> with you. And it sounds terrible, but I would. I just, every time I crossed that white line, I wanted to win. Um and in the past, when people have come up to me and go, oh, it's Kevin Ball, how are you? Okay, yeah, good. Oh, you weren't the best footballer. And I used to stand there looking at him 
and I used to think to myself, is there any point of me trying to educate you because you're trying to be nice, I didn't want to embarrass you. And then I got to the stage where I thought, oh, I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. I went, what do you mean? And then all of a sudden they just go blank because they're not quite sure what they mean. Well, and then what they're trying to do, and the point being made, if you play in the Premier League, is it not, so I must be in the top 1% of the 1% of footballers to play in the Premier League, get players of the year in Premier League, captain teams in the Premier League at the different clubs I've played at. And then I list all my attributes as a footballer. And you can see the look on their faces if they say, oh, no, I've got, gone wrong here like that. <laughs> but I have always believed that being perceived as a very good footballer is making the most of every skill you're given. Now, if my skill wasn't going in a 1v1 and taking people on, that doesn't make me a bad footballer. It just means my skills are doing what I've done. And over the course of my career, I think if a manager appreciates or a coach appreciates what you're good at, you've got a chance. And at Sunderland, um, in the latter stages of my actual playing career at the club, Bobby Saxton would always say to us, do what you do best and do it well. And he knew what I was really good at. And he would say, and he would say to me, don't try and get the ball with your back to play. Well, I'm not being funny. I wasn't very good at that anyhow. So I wouldn't do that. And if I did do it, I'd probably have a major league panic on and I can boot anything in 10, yeah, 10 yeah. yards accidentally. Like, But as time goes on, when you went into the middle of the park, you did start changing your game. So you could do it. I hit once, a ball once with the outside of my foot at Luton Town from sort of this side of the pitch over to John Mullen, who then went for his goal. And it was an unbelievable ball. And my son said to me afterwards, why didn't you do that more often? And I, it did sort of make me think maybe as I should like that I can kick with both feet not a problem even now if someone said to me do you want to do a crossbar challenge I'll go as long as we can do it with both feet that natural or natural. did you have to work on it well when you say work on it or natural as a kid when I was growing up back at home my ultimate aim was always to be a footballer um, and I think that was born from just enjoying playing football watching football on the telly um, you know, like, and one of the things used to be if my mum or dad wanted a pack of fags, you'd go around the corner to the shop and get them. I'd always take my ball with me wherever I went. Practice, practice, practice. But how long that fun? You know, when he's asked you that, I bet he's thought, I'm waiting for the end of the conversation. We're not sure if it ended with, I still don't think you're very good at football, ball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think by the time I started, he probably thought I'd better just leave. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> was there? He replaced me for a bit. Mikel Mandarin at Fleetwood, did he? And, and he, I thought he was fucking no-footed. Really? Yeah, he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm not bitter. No, not at all. Hey, do you know? It's, it's interesting. Him and I think it was George Honeyman used to play me and Robbie at Ed tennis, and we'd batter him and Mikel all the time. So George were probably the under, in the under twenty ones. Him and Mikel then took him nearly two years to beat us. I remember walking into Charlie early. Remember the head tennis court? Ah, oh, God, Fuck yeah. Me. Yeah, but that read. But you say, but who was the best player at it then? I've got to say you, I know, or else you'll fill us in. <laughs> We've got I a nearly freaking choke. <laughs> I nearly choked when he said that. You We've know? got a long night there, don't we? We're not over <laughs> you, we're fucking busting Noah's. And Jesus Christ, at the end of the night. Who do you think was a, one of the best players I ever played with there was Alan Johnson? Or against him, because he used to pass, but he would top spin it. And the way he done it was unbelievable. And you could never, ever get it back half the time. And, and Alan was was a real good puncher of a ball like that. But even that, it was... But I wonder sometimes, you know, I mean, when I was at the club, when I first went back, I think it was, 
Well, it's a bit, I actually, there was no head tennis courts. They'd stopped it and I couldn't understand it. And even one of the gyms at the training ground ended up, um, I remember, and I think it was when I was the manager, one of the, uh, the first time I took over from Mick and one of the lads had, I think, gone back to France and shouldn't have done. Was it the Talak by any chance? No, I'll tell you a funny story about him in a minute. But this other <laughs> one, I think he'd gone back to France and or wherever he was from, but he didn't come back when he should have done. So we find him. But I said to the club at the time, so if we find him this amount of money and you just keep it, where's it going to go? Just goes back in the club, doesn't it? I said, why don't we do something with it? So I said, the little gym downstairs has got a, like, it had like a sprinting surface, didn't it? So it was quite hard and you couldn't really play a tennis. It just wasn't conducive to your, your joints or anything. I said, come, I'll get a price for that and he can pay for it. So in the end, he had to pay for it. But I felt that was a better way of doing it than just finding them, go back yeah. in the coffers like that. And then all of a sudden you get, the, get it marked up. And we used to encourage the, you know, the players to go in and play when I was in the um, youth manager and the 21s. I used to encourage them all the time, to a degree where sometimes, I used to have to say, right, you're not allowed to play it on certain days because it was prior to a game because it ties your legs sure. out and that. But, oh, the lads loved it, absolutely loved it. And then all of a sudden it died off again because I think that instead of utilising the training ground to enhance their skills, it was a more a case of, should I go home and probably on social media? Whereas going in there and practising your skills, having a game of ed tennis, having a challenge, for me, would have been a great way to end training. Awesome I'll, well. I'll go in home and get on a bird or something. Yeah, well, see, some of us don't think like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going back on his reputation up here. What, what happened with Atalak? He got into a little incident, shall we say. Uh, What's your role at the club at this I'm ma Well, caretaker manager, which right. is probably, for me, not that type, but I think for any person that goes in as caretaker manager, it's a fantastic job as manager. I'm not convinced when you're a caretaker manager, it's that good because the player's in limbo to, is he going to be the manager? Is he not going to be the manager? And I'll tell you a funny story why that got brought home to me after a game as well. But Anthony got into himself into a little bit of an issue and we had to go to a police station and I think he was already there actually. So I just said to the club, I, I was a big believer in if, go and find out the facts, ascertain the facts and act on the facts. Don't act on what's hearsay and stuff like that. Go and find out what's happened and act on that. So I goes to the police, I think it was in Shields, and I gets in there, gets in with Anthony, sits with him, find out what's happened and that. And he had a bit of an interview and it looked like they were going to keep him in. And he just, all of a sudden, never forget it, he went, I've had enough, I think I want to go home. And I remember looking around him and going, Anthony, you don't fucking tell the truth. You'll not be going anywhere, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll be staying here the night like that. Yeah, he just said, I want to go home now. I didn't realise <laughs> it was the police told you when you could go home, not when you decided I've had enough of these like that. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. I'm hungry now, an exceptional it. footballer. Exceptional footballer, but... He didn't bother his ass though, did he? But that was, that was the downside to it. I think when... I have this thing as well. Like I said, I'll go back to this per perceived thing about who's a good footballer, who's not. I've always said... If you have an unsurmounting ability and you're not prepared to have an attitude to match it, it's tantamount to dereliction of duty, in my opinion. But I think our manager's challenger, um, again, is knowing you as a personality and a, as a, and a player, but also you as a personality, because sometimes you would have to, you know, when they say about put your arm around a player, of course you have to do that. But there's also times when a manager has to challenge you. And I've done that with players at every level where... 
one, you'd go up and say something a little bit different to another. You know, you can make you could make players cry just by talking to them. And you might think, right? Well, I mean, just, and I'm talk. I mean, talking like I am now. I'm not talking as in dominant. I'm just yeah. talking. I expect better from you. And all of a sudden, they emotionally. So you think, right? I've got to be different with him. Another one, you could turn around to him and saying, "You'll never make a footballer with an attitude like that and just leave it." Nine four. Well, they're probably as you turn your back, they're going, oh, "Fuck you, like that." Because they're pretty, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you've sown the seed. Of, but the cogs it, are turning. That's all you're time. doing with them. I liked that sort of challenge. And I think that was born from me in my younger days when people would do it to you, to managers as you go on. And Reedy would do it to me, Sacco would do it to All the managers would, Stan Turner would do it to me. Tell that one at Grimsby. Oh, what, what with Reedy? Yeah, I think it's when a team's going well, but the team on that particular day might not be doing great. The manager's got to pick on somebody to get a reaction. So in the game we played, it was on a Sunday afternoon, I think against it was against Grimsby and my job was to mark Paul Groves so in this particular game me and Brace were in the middle of the park and Paul Groves kept going on to Brace now Brace was one of the best players I've ever played alongside but in terms of running and competitiveness I was better than him at that and he was better at other sides of the game that's why we complimented each other but Paul kept going on to him so we had to keep switching so it became frustrating so in the end the manager shouting at me I'm looking at the bench thinking we should fucking shut up like that I just want to get on with the game but I understood why but you can imagine your heckles are getting up a bit like that so just before half time I scored one of the the, the, the best goals in my career, literally, it was a, a tapping from a yard, but it was great. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> like, you know, like that one where you just see it rolling across and you just run in and tap it in. Do you remember any of them, Brownie, or not? Yeah, I've reposted one today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? From a yard. Yeah, yeah, but it was from a yard, right? But you know, like you're going at half time and you're really, really buzzing like that. Um, but at the time, I had a what's called lateral compartment syndrome, just an injury that they have from playing, and my calves used to seize up. So as I walked in, I'd said to the physio, Steve, I went, Steve, I went, uh, can you have a look at me calves, please? They're hurting. Now, we hadn't played particularly well that half, so obviously Peter knew, or the regaffer, I should call him, he needed to get a reaction. And he went, fucking sit down there. And then he said the, the James Hunt word to me, right? But he turned his back. I'm not really allowed to say that C word on this, are we? Yeah, of course you are. Well, well I won't know because I mean, <laughs> I like that word, but I didn't like it up here. Like, I mean, as a southerner, we say it brilliantly, right? But he said it to me, the gaffer. He went, sit down, you James Hunty. went like that. Fuck me. Now, I don't mind if he had looked me in the eyes and said, sit there, you couldn't like that. Listen to me. I wouldn't have not had a problem with that. But because he turned his back on me, as he said, you couldn't, right? That fucking, that was it. I fucking went mad. I went, you that. And then that half time, literally, it was me wanting to fight him and probably him thinking, fuck, I'll have to get involved as well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But that's what it was like. It was like fucking, fucking raging. Even sitting here. Just talk to talk. Oh, fucking the lot. Like, it was in the end, they'd have got between. It was like mad. I mean, and the best bit about it is, you know, though, when that happens between a player and a manager, all the other lads are thinking, thank fuck for that, I'll get away with it this afternoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they just watch on, don't they? Oh, that was it. Like, well, and I. In the end, would have had a row, but don't get me wrong, I know my place. I've never not known my place. That was fucking like that. Couldn't wait to get back out second half. Only reason being to get that half out of the way so I could come and have a fucking fight with him or something <laughs> like that, right? So second half, I am raging. Like, fucking raging the whole 45 minutes. And funny thing was, I made two goals for Michael Bridges, so we won the game comfortably. But we didn't play well. He was right. 
Like, don't get me wrong. He was right. We did not play well, but we won the game. And I've always said, if you can win a game when you play badly, you've got half a chance, didn't you? But of course, at the end of the game, it's live on the telly. And Ensley used to sponsor the game. And uh, they give you this lovely big Ensley Eagle Owl. It was like, I don't know what it was made of. It was fucking heavy though, right? So the bloke and the cameras come up to me at the end of the game. Kevin, congratulations. You're man of the match. I have this big trophy. And I was like, oh, where the fuck is he? All I wanted, if it, fuck, I couldn't wait to get back in the changing room to sort out what had happened at half time, right? <laughs> and it was ridiculous. Like, so now the bloke's gone, congratulations. Yeah, thanks a lot. And now, in my possession, I've got an offensive weapon. Do you know what I mean? Because you're scratching with it, take your eyes out. That's how it, fucking claws are like this, some are like that, right? And I got it, and it was fucking weighty. You honestly, if you ever see one, I mean, I gave that one away. I've still got one at home, and they are a beauty. And I couldn't wait to get down the tunnel. Could not wait to get to the changing room because, like I said, I had no problem with um, authority at all, but it was just because he said it with his back to me. I don't see, I like that word. I really genuinely do like that word because <laughs> it doesn't bother me, right? I fucking, you imagine what I was like, you're like that, and you've got this thing in my hand, and I walked down, and obviously down that little room there, your fucking studs are like that on the thing. And as I got round the bend to get into the thing, to think, where the fuck is he? He stood there, and I'll never forget it. He put his hand out like that, he went, fucking magnificent skip today, you were outstanding. And it was like... Wait. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I personally think it was a fantastic piece of management because yeah. he knew he needed a reaction from possibly me at half time. And, and oh, he got it. Like, there's no two ways he got it. And I went, how did you know I was coming? He said, I heard your fucking studs coming. <laughs> like that, you know. And it was... So do you think he'd have had another bash at full time? No, I'll be honest with you. Would we have had a bash? Put it this way. If he had been waiting there, it wouldn't have bothered me. As in, like, for a bash, that wouldn't have bothered me. And I'm no <laughs> doubt he wouldn't have worried about it. Because to be fair to Reedy, as a manager, he was fucking magnificent for us. Yeah. Like, for, for, for the club, which I know we'll talk about in a bit, was magnificent. But if he had felt he needed to, because sometimes it comes to that, done it as well, it would have been a bit embarrassing, the captain and the manager having a fisticuffs in the... Th the changing room but I'm sure if we had it done it would have been funny afterwards <laughs> but at the time he'd have probably wanted to kill me like I'd have probably wanted to kill him as well like but <laughs> he's probably said it with a smirk on his face he's turned his he back did. and he's gone probably give somebody a wink 100% right I'm telling you now 100% he knew what he was doing but obviously he probably didn't quite think I was gonna, he was going to get the reaction as far as I, I did but yeah oh god he knew what he was doing and that's where I think the art of man management is knowing how to press your buttons. Yep. And he probably pressed fucking five that day on me because like- <laughs> And the right buttons to press uh, for each uh, individual. Yeah, of course it is. And he was an outstanding manager. It was 100% the funniest thing ever because that night we also went uh, to Manchester for a couple of nights. It used to take away, it was brilliant. Like we'd go away for a couple of days and that. And that night, my mate from America was over and uh, We'd gone to this nightclub and I didn't really drink much as a player. And we were all in the nightclub having a good time. And Sacco was class, right? And Sacco, would, but he couldn't help talking about football. So when we're all having a good time, Bobby Saxon all of a sudden got the ball out, as I call it, and started talking about the game. And I actually went to Sacco. Sacco put the ball away. The lads are having a good time, trying to be probably a bit cocky, if I'm honest. And about two or three weeks before we had played Liverpool and I was met a man, Mark McManaman, and I lost him and he scored. And when Saka was shouting at me from the touchline, I was giving him the rubber ear. 
You know, like one of them, I can hear you, but I'm not fucking looking around <laughs> like that. Yeah, oh, it was a big rubber ear as well. And he never said nothing to me after the game, never spoke about it, right? So when we're having this confrontation, me and Sacco in the nightclub, and it was a nice one because, again, him and Reed were a fantastic partnership. I've said to Sacco, put the ball away, the lads are having a good time. And Saka never goes, oh, I think you're a fucking good footballer now, do you? I think you can do a bit, do you, like that? And he fucking started literally dismantling me like that, right? And my mate, who was over from America, was crying with laughter because I wouldn't, like, I was just stood there and Sacco dismantled me. And as he's doing all of this and, like, you know, basically fucking boom, 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 bringing me <laughs> down to earth. And then these parting shot that I'll never forget it. He looked at me, he went, and anyhow, where the fuck were you when McManaman scored two weeks ago like that? <laughs> and then fucking walked off. And that was it, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like that. <laughs> like, it was brilliant. And I'd go and see him the next day because I thought I was upset him. But it, again, it was the art of man management. He sent me in once in training. We were about to win the league for 105 points. And um, I'd, again, it's a bit of a long story, so you'll have to excuse me. When we won it the first time, we got beat the last game of the season. Right, we went away on an end of season trip, and we was away. Some Sunderland fans there; they were great. But there's one or two were giving us daggers because we got beat against Tranmere, and Bridges missed loads of chances. But they were unhappy because we got beat by Tranmere, and I kept thinking, I get it because they wanted to end the season on a high, but we'd won the league. It was a fantastic achievement. So the second time we were cruising to win it, we won it with about four games to go, and um, I didn't want to lose another game. I thought, no, we're not going to lose another game. Not on my watch. We are going to win every game. We'll not get beat anyhow. So we're in training. Uh, so I don't know, maybe three games to go. And we're training at the top of the Charlie early. And Nicky Summerby kicked me. So I went to Sacco. That's a fucking foul. Like that. Stop, stop, stop training. I beg your pardon. I mean, when a fucking coach says, I beg your pardon, right? You're going, oh, fuck. <laughs> I went, that's a fucking foul. He went, Kevin. You've kicked the fuck out of these players all season. He's gone like that. <laughs> and now one of them's kicked you. You want a free kick? I went, yes, I do. He went, get in. Right? Fucking sent me in. I went, I'm not fucking going in. And then he poked me on the chest like that, right? I went, Sacco, don't fucking poke me like that, right? <laughs> and then I'll never forget what he said next. He went, Kevin, do you want me to get the manager? I went, no, I'm fucking <laughs> with it. <laughs> Pathetic. The way he said, Kevin, do you want me to get the manager? I went, no. I fucking sat over there. I was doing press up for sit up for fucking fun. I was that annoyed like that, honestly. Like, I've never seen nothing. I just watched a session doing sit ups, press ups like that. And it was like, but, but again, brilliant because I went in to see him afterwards and went, um, have I done something to offend you? Or have I done something? He went, no. He said, but I just needed to get the session going a bit. He went, but you're all right because you're still at it. Fucking amazing. Well. That's like actually pressing. I, I the bet it's the way he done it. <laughs> <laughs> but I still maintain. I, I, I've been fortunate with all the managers I've had at the club. Been all great. But for a, a turning point of the club was obviously Peter coming in, and then bringing Sacco in. Because Sacco had an understanding of the game, which was outstanding. But he had an understanding of people. But I, I think I'd like, like I say, over the course of my career, I would. Not say there's any manager that I've not enjoyed playing for. I want to talk about um, Portsmouth. Yeah. The, the start of you really kicking on as a first team player. Because we had Nicky Quinn on and he, what did he call the squad? Gremlins. The Gremlins. Yeah. 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 I, I think to understand my career, 
would have to probably take a step back from that to allow me. You... I, was, I was gonna ask about that. The it said the, the hooliganism or something. Oh yes, to like all of that. Um, <laughs> I think I was fortunate that every club I went at, I, I was just gravitated towards people that felt the same way I did about the club. It was you know they were that style of person off the pitch. I was that style of player on the pitch. But when I went to Coventry as a, a young player, now I was quite a homeboy. Loved my family, got a big family, lovely mates, great, could do what I wanted. In those days, you could go out all night and your mum would think you were somewhere and you'd be, you'd be somewhere else like that. I mean, one of the best stories ever was my brother used to let me in in the middle of the night. So I'd make out to my dad I was staying somewhere and then I'd go home and we, you know, ground floor, I'd tap on the window because our bedroom was at the front. My brother would open the sash window, I'd climb in, get in the bed and tell my dad I'd been home for hours like that, <laughs> right? So this particular time I'd go home taps on the window, wait for me brother to open it, looks around and there's me fucking dad just looking at me like that. It's like he's been waiting for me. <laughs> waiting for a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly, he's just like that looking at me. And I thought, oh, fuck, like that. And as I went in the house, he just opened the door, never said a word, and I've never done it again. It was fucking brilliant. Like, super. Didn't need to say anything. I just wanted to get into bed. It was like, hmm, I never, said, never mentioned it again. But anyhow, so I'm now leaving to go to Coventry, found it so difficult. I used to escape from there. Um, they'd say to us, right, you're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to see oh, I did, yeah, yeah. Tunnel. I mean, I have to say this, John Silliot and the people at, like uh, Frieda and Ron and all the people that helped us then were outstanding. Couldn't knock none of them. It wasn't them. It was just the fact that's the way I was. Could you understand that you were homesick? Because that's yeah, a pretty probably. serious thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when I look back now, but, but also in the same token... It is a serious thing, and I get that. But it also, in the same token, it also is something that you need to understand that if you want to become elite, you have to make sacrifices. And sometimes, some do, some don't. Some will fall by the wayside. Some will go, I never got the support, but that's fine. But I think we still got to understand it is a challenge at 16 to leave home. And if you want to become something, you've got to make those sacrifices. Following season, I got told I was getting a, a pro ticket, um, Worked so hard in pre-season. It was like, I mean, when I look back at home, I used to go running for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Um, went back in pre-season, was probably the fittest I'd ever been at that age, sort of, not say that age, but was really fit. But anyhow, so I worked hard, got told I was getting a contract, went to see Bobby, uh, Dave Sexton, and he just turned around and said, sorry, somebody ain't got the money. Which was bullshit, wasn't it, really? It was very polite, but it was bullshit because they were in, the, you know... they <laughs> were in, nice. Yeah, yeah. They were in, like, you know, Division One, which is the Prem at the time. They had plenty of money. Really, it was, my own, it was my own fault. But when I got the train back home, I stuck my head out the window as a train arcs into Hastings. Went like that because it was a sea air, whereas in Coventry it's in the middle of that. And then I realised I had a few weeks. That's when I went. I had four weeks at home, trained with Hastings, and went to Portsmouth because they had contacts there. That's where it was the best thing that ever happened to me because what they'd done then, they gave me a non-contract. Tell you what, it worked. It was like the penny dropped. And again, in with a great set of lads, that helped as well. And, you know, I have to say, the lads at Coventry were brilliant. I still speak to some of them now. But I was the dick. There's no two ways about it. I mean, Greg Abbott was our youth team captain. And I had left there and then years later, I'm captain, I think, Sunderland, and he's captain of Bradford. I hadn't seen him since then. So we go up for the toss. I didn't even know he was captain of them. So I've gone like that, looked up, and he's gone, 
fucking hello, bull. I'm like, fuck me, hello, Abba. How are you doing? Like, <laughs> we're now having the cracker, the, the toss at half time, and the rest like that. And he went, lads, you do realise there's a fucking game going to go on in a minute like that. Abba was one of the loveliest blokes, wittiest blokes you'll ever wish to meet. So like I said, I've got no qualm about taking responsibility for my time there. But what I do say to players now, young players, that we can all have that time where that happens, but you still have a choice at the end of it, whether you then want to go and work really hard to achieve what you can. And it, and, and, and I did, uh, but it's hard work. When you signed for Portsmouth, were you with the reserves or were you straight youth in the team? No, I was, youth we team. St yeah, I was still in the youth team. That's how young I was. I could still play one more year in the youth team, but then we also played in the reserves. Uh, Bobby Campbell was the manager of the first team. He was a very much... Uh, I'll scare the shit out of your manager. He'd walk down, the, you know, you'd walk up the corridor and he'd walk down and, you know, you see him coming and, you know, you'd want to say morning, you'd expect him to say morning and he would just go, like, look at you and then carry on walking. And as you were walking back, you'd fuck off then like that. You know, it was like a two-year-old wood type thing, but that's how you felt. You didn't do it because you turned around and you'd have to fucking peg it, wouldn't you? But, <laughs> but that's what he was like. And you knew then it was like, I'm the manager. You need to earn my respect, which is fair enough. But I still personally would prefer, if he had said to me, morning, Kevin, how are you? How's things going? I'd have probably felt more geared towards wanting to do all right with him. Do you see what I mean? Um, but he was a manager. Then I think it was Alan took over. But they had a really, I mean, like I said, I also think football is fit clubs as well. My, you know, Portsmouth, uh, 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 a big, I mean, they're a city now, but very passionate people. You know, like, and and obviously I got to know a lot of the younger element, the 657 crew boys, and that was great as well. Even when you were playing, like? Yeah, yeah, you do, because, I mean, I'll, there's a, a I plate. I don't think you do a ball, yeah. I, I, yeah. Never, <laughs> I, 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 I never did. did. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because, um, I mean, I still speak to a few of them now. Even now to this day when they come up, they come, I go and see them. And that. I mean, I'm, I don't think they run with them anymore. I don't know if the 657 goes anymore. But back in the day it did. Um I remember once going to do a presentation in Paulsgrove and forget the name of the pub, Queen's, something Queen, anyhow. And my mate had said, would you come up and do the presentation or take me? I think the presentation might have been at the hospital. But you walked into the pub and the fucking whole pub went silent. And all the lads just go, until he goes, oh, sorry, he's one of us. Whole place, yeah, no problem. It's fucking brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, but these are great lads. But like I said, it was they were my it was my sort of club, and that's why it worked so well down there. And like I said, myself and all the we worked really, really hard, um, trained hard, extra training. Um, then obviously, as time goes on, you're playing the reserves. I mean, Alan Ball was as a when we had different managers again. Um, when Alan Ball came in as youth team manager, reserve team manager. You know, this is we're talking World Cup winner here. You know, we're talking proper, proper, proper legend, and he was unbelievable in training. Still, he taught you a lot of lessons as well, life lessons subconsciously as well. You know, there was one game. This is I think we were in the first team, me and Paul Ardman. I think I was on the bench and Paul was playing, and we were going for a pre-match walkabout. And uh, as we're walking about, it go right. What are you two going to do when you sign your contracts? So Paul Ardman, being the mature one, went, "I'm going to buy a house." I went, I'm going to buy a car. And he fucking slapped us around the back of the head. Like, yeah, didn't be stupid, put your money in the house. He was right. I just wanted a new fucking car, like, you know. But, but this was what he was like. And we were in Marbella once. I think we'd won promotion and we're in Marbella. 
And he gravitated towards us because we had such a good relationship with him through the youth team and the reserves. He never forgot us. He was magnificent with us. And we're in Marbella, took us all on an end of season trip and we had a great time. And then we were going back to the hotel and he went, Bolly, come here. He said, I've got some good news for you. So I'm thinking, oh, fuck. He said, I've got a club for you. Go out on loan type thing. I thought, that's fucking magnificent. Who is it, Gaffer? Bobby Moore at Southend wants to sign you. So I'm thinking, that's fucking magnificent. The, the Bobby Moore wants to sign Kevin Ball, centre-back at Southend. I think I'm fucking on my way now. I went, really? He went, yeah, he wants to sign you as his fucking minder. And then pissed himself laughing. <laughs> and, that, and that's honestly what he'd done, as his minder. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, as his minder. Thought it was fucking hilarious. So you weren't in the team at this point? You hadn't barely oh, played the game? I think we were in and out, in and out, yeah. like that, yeah. But it was the way he'd done it, yeah. It was fucking brilliant, as his minder. And then he had this lovely <laughs> laugh. <laughs> and he fucking pissed himself. And I was fucking like, you know, like where you go, like that. Yeah, it was brilliant. I think but it was, it was Mickey, what a... Did he call them maniacs? Yeah. It was a team of maniacs. I'll tell you, I've just read Vince Allaire's book, right? And in the book, it brought back so many memories about things we'd done. I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that. And they spoke about away at Wrexham, right? So I think I'd played on the Saturday in midfield and didn't play particularly well, but then that's because I'd never fucking played in midfield in a championship team before and I was only quite young. I didn't know if I was coming or going, shit a shaving, to be honest with you, but you have a go, don't you? So on the Tuesday, I was reverting back to one of my normal positions, but it was away at Wrexham. So we played a game. I'm sure we only drew and we had to bring them back to Fratton Park or something like that. Something daft like that. He went fucking epileptic, like Borley, like locked himself in his room. So the next morning, we're like, this is what he was like, but this is how you understand different characters. So he's gone mental after the game. And we, everyone used to have a drink after the game and we stop in the night before we come back the next day. So the next day we're all on the bus, no Borley, nowhere to be seen. Where the fuck is he? And I thought, what's he done like that? Has he fucking just left us, right? So in the end, I had to climb in through a window in his room and wake him up, right, to get him on the bus. So we do all of that. Gets blind on the... drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I say blind drunk. He was, shall we say, had, in, had an enjoyable evening <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> So he gets him on the bus and he gets all sorted out. He sat at the front of the bus. And you imagine when Borley was stewing, you knew it was coming. And I knew I was getting it because the one thing he did have faith in us. And because he had faith in us, he would fucking challenge you all the time to turn around and go, you can, you can, you can. And it was brilliant. It was like subconscious the way he'd done it, right? And he wanted us to succeed. He wanted us to achieve, not what he did, because that was like beyond, beyond, but like he wanted us to achieve our potential. So I'm at the back of the bus and I hadn't played particularly well in the game. I'd done okay, very just okay, but he knew I was so much better, right? So you imagine I'm at the back of the bus and all I could see was this little, look, as the bus was going long, because he was literally just fucking, and he was like that all the way down the motorway. And all I kept thinking was, how long? That's all I kept thinking, because I fucking knew it was coming. Like that. And you, but you've got him up and got him on the oh, board. Oh yeah, yeah, but it didn't make no odds. Like he was going to give me it like rotten. And I knew I was going to get it because he wanted me, because he knew I could play, right? And then we must have got within an hour and a half of Portsmouth. And all of a sudden, Barley, fucking get down here. And I spent the next hour and a half being bollocked by him about last night's game, the Saturday and what I should and shouldn't do. Now, technically, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But the funniest bit was, we get back to Fratton Park, he wants a meeting. He goes in the meeting, right? We're all sitting there. And he basically called us, a, I think it was that, I don't, that was the day he called us a team of maniacs and he said, oh, fuck is, I'm resigning. It's words to the effect of I'm resigning. 
and that was it. So we all thought, well, oh, fuck it, he's leaving then. Kevin Dillon went, I think Dill lost his, he took Dill's bag or someone did. It was just a comical situation. It went, I'm resigning, right? So you think, oh, we're never going to see him again. So we go in training the next day. In he comes, all right, my boys. Like, fuck all's happened. Forgotten about. Like fuck all's happened. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. But I love that. I fucking loved it. Passion. Oh god, yeah. And that was what it was like. And then when he finally achieved what he did there, I was obviously pleased for myself because I was part of that group. But pleased for him, I was captain. Played in the, what was the Premier League as captain of the club. Um, he was superb. Like, yeah, honestly, absolutely. But probably one mad. of the really distilled your philosophy throughout the rest of your playing career and into coaching and management. I, I think will. if I look back, and this is going to sound really weird, this, right? When I went home not long ago, I went, to, I was, I try and see, saw a few of my mates and that, not everybody, but I, I went to see a couple of the dads that used to look after us, like one's 87 and one's 83, still knocking on brilliant light, right? Harry and Jez's, uh, Creed's dad, well, his name's Jez as well. Even what they helped me with in those days, because my mum and dad weren't affluent, didn't have a car. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got to games. You know, so I was very fortunate with all the help I had as a young player. Really fortunate. And that's in including the fact that I was just, I can head the ball as well. And, you know, on Bank Holiday Monday, I was running with the skinheads when we had a cup final on the afternoon. Got arrested, all put up the oval, lined up against the fence, taking our names and that. When the copper got to me, I went, can I go now? He went, no, you're not going anywhere. I said, yeah, but I've got a cup final this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and he went, boom, fuck off then, like that. So I had to fucking run all the way home. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck does that type thing? You see what I mean? And so in the end, I ran all the way home and then played in the cup final. We won that afternoon. But these were people that supported me. So I still remembered that. Now, I'm not saying I was perfect as a player or as a coach, but every manager or coach you have, you will learn good Next. things from them. Honestly, you wouldn't believe some of the things I've done there. Like, yeah, I used to... Yeah, were like, you actually a hooligan? In what respect? Did you go in that fight with... Not really, no. No, of course you wouldn't lie. Fucking hell. At what age are you talking? At any age. I used to love it when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> you would then, yeah. So the answer yeah. is yes, boy. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, that's in, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But, like, that was, like, back... But very young. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not stupid. Like, I mean, I realise that when you get to about 25, you can't do it. Anymore. <laughs> when you're young, I think I, I was lucky enough I could do all of that. Um, you know, my mates used to say, like when I was playing, we'll do the fighting off the pitch, you do the fighting on the pitch type thing. Um, it was more, I, I cannot describe to you the feeling you get. It was just, when you cross the white line for any team you play for, what I've always said to the players, you have to understand, you're taking the hope of all these supporters on your shoulders. So when you cross that white line, you either do or you don't. And my way of doing it was the way I was. If it was a 50-50, I fucking went for it. 60-40 against, you go for it. 70-30, you went for it, but it might just mean the other bloke ends up over your fucking head like that, you know what I mean? Did you know before the game? Because when we're sat in the gym before a game, you just legs crossed reading the programme. Was there a point where you thought, I need to start? Heading walls and it, getting, yeah. getting yourself. I, I never had to head walls, Chris. <laughs> no, I tell you. Do you know what, what I mean? Though, yeah, how yeah, did you get yourself? Mine, my, I had a, I had a routine. Like, um, I, it, I'd get up at a certain time in the morning, um, drink water, have my breakfast. Then I'd have me pre-match, and I'd come to the game. When I got to the ground, um, I used to like a, a rub, and then I would go like off away from the players to another area 
and stretch again, get myself ready. And yeah, I, I think you've got to be very careful for a game that, you, that you're not that hyper that by the time three o'clock comes, you're bollocks. You, know, you get out there and you just go like that. So you're controlling all this technically and the style of player, aggression, competitiveness, enthusiasm, everything. You're, you're putting a lid on it. Um, Some reason I just think, I, I'll you tell assume, you, well, you know, the, the tackles that you used to run into that you'd be forming, forming at the mouth before oh, you went no, out. And, like, but no, it was never no, like that. No, I tell you the only time it's interesting because when we used to get to the ready to go, I used to fucking whack the door to make everybody else. Like they'll Come be, on. yeah, make like fucking time to go to work type thing. Now they all probably thought of the back wanker, but that's fine by <laughs> me. Like, you know, then I've yeah, 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 like oh, one day look, his hand type thing, you know. But I would do it because it was like fucking go to work now. You know, like sometimes they talk about in the tunnel when you're having a one two. Sometimes you would do, sometimes you fucking ignore them. Now, I know that the banging on the door must have been because I was in Durham one night with the missus, right? And she liked to tab at the time and I'd have a little smoke and that. We're having a drink outside and this lad come up to us, fucking massive he was, right? And he, he uh, hello, Kevin, do you remember me? And I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, he's a big one like that, right? And I went, no, I don't actually. He went, he said... I was a mascot when I was 10 at the ground at the stadium. I went, fuck me, you've changed a bit, sonny. Yeah, like that, fucking massive. He went, I loved it. He said, I said, I couldn't be fair. He said, you know when you slap the door? He said, I shit myself. He said, but I loved it. He was kind of like that. <laughs> and it was brilliant. And, but that was, it was my way then if boys were going to work. Mm. I can just see like the, you know, the fans in the crowd. Oh, that's ball this fucking fifth yellow card. He's suspended next week. You best book him a train ticket for Chelsea away. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> it's I, with I, the firm, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> I get asked a lot to go to the games, but I, I probably won't. But you know, you say that I, I got booked regular, right? But I had the utmost respect for referees. I thought referees, I think I've got the heart. I think nowadays, who the freaking hell want to be a referee? If a footballer can earn hundred grand a, a week, why are referees not paid? Not that amount maybe, but a freaking good amount of money. Because the reason being, they get scrutinized probably more than the players and they have to be even better than the players. And I know they've got VAR. I don't like VAR, to be honest with you. I think VAR's making the game shit. boring. Yeah, I do. Yeah, probably shit's a better word. You know, like, <laughs> it's like they score. Oh, are we offside? Are we not offside? You know, was this or was that? Like, when's a ref make a decision? Not being funny. Can you imagine? Like, I've banjoed quite a few lads and been banjoed myself, by the way, in games, but accidentally punched one or two in the game. Matt, like... <laughs> Where it was in the park. Accidentally. Yeah, but, but honestly, but you, you do. I remember we played QPR away once down at Loftus Road and I was marking Mark Falco, you know, the big lad. I mean, even bless him, had a bigger nose than me. But it's a big unit, right? So as I've gone to fucking peg it up the pitch because we were on a counter-attack, he's put his arm across me like that to block me, going fucking like that at me. So I've turned around and tried to hit him in the chest and fucking hit him right on the Utah. So of course, he's just <laughs> gone down like that and I just carried on running. And as I got up to the other end of the pitch, the ref had chased me up the pitch. If I'd have fucking seen it, the ref's gone if I'd have seen it. He didn't see me hit him, but he obviously wondered something must have happened. I'll tell you another funny one, because he's on the floor, <laughs> right? So I went, so now there's a lull in the play while they go and sort out what's happened. And he's having a go at me, Roger. And he's going, if I'd have seen it, if I'd have fuck, he's having a fucking right go at us. I went, Roger, when he hit me and you didn't see that, did you? He went, no. 
I said, so I fucking hit him and you didn't see that either, did you? He went, no. I said, so there's fuck all you can do about it. Then. <laughs> like that. And he went, you're fucking right and ran off. <laughs> was fucking brilliant. Like, honestly, referees in our day were classed. I had another one, it was Dave Allison. Me and, I think it was Georgie Paris once at Rogue were having a right good kicking match. Like, proper, proper, you know, like, fucking no quarter given. I'm sure it was Georgie. Beating fuck out of each other, right? And there was a lull in play. And he went, right, you two, come here. I thought, we've done nothing wrong. And he got us in and we're like that. He's gone, listen, I'm fucking really enjoying watching you two kick the fuck out of each other, right? He said, but if one of you whinges, I'll book the fucking pair of you. <laughs> it was fucking great. <laughs> like that, yeah. It was like, and there was, then there was another one with Burnley. He used to have this freak uh, centre kit. Pass, pass, pass. Go back to Lee Briscoe, would fucking hoy it into their half type thing. Someone had edit it. And then usually it was in the middle of the, to the middle of the park, of course. I'm little, but I was good in the air and I could jump really high. And because I could see it coming, I would jump really high. And by the, if there was anybody in front of me, they got fucking studs down the back or a knee in the back or a fucking punch in the back of the air, whatever you could, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I've done it and he's now, so I've done that, ball's gone in, he's edited it in, I've flattened whoever it was we were playing against. And he's like, oh, fucking like that, bless him, right? And the ref was Mark Clattenberg and he's come up and he's booked me. I went, what are you fucking booking me for? He went, I don't know, but he wouldn't be laying there fucking screaming if he hadn't done something. <laughs> he fucking booked us, yeah. I went, I went, all right then. <laughs> but I, I have, in my defence, I have the utmost respect for referees. I think they've got, do an unbelievable job. I remember going for before the FA after 15 bookings, right? <laughs> this was... I, you're, I, you're like back in the day. Yeah, like, no, 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 we were talking um, about now it. I'll be 30. Um, <laughs> but you know, the first time we won the championship I was suspended for the game I had to go on I was a clean kit wanker I had to go on in a clean kit get the trophy and I did not enjoy it at all I didn't feel part of it. even though I played all season I did not feel part of it all because I had a clean kit on so I had to do that I felt a right dick right second time I was suspended again I was going to be suspended again I had to go before the FA I thought oh, fuck I've got to play in this game but bearing in mind this was a time I wasn't going to lose a game so I'm still in that zone of need to play need to win and all that lot so I had to go before the FA and Reedy went, right, if you get away with it, I'll pay you fine. But I think it was Thur was going to play instead of me. So they had geared Thur to play. I'm sure it was Thur. Oh, Thur well. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't think there's no chance I was getting away with it. So it goes down. I'm sure it was at Barnsley, you know, as well. So it goes up before and you get the committee there, don't you, on the top table. Right, Kevin, you're here for 15 bookings. What have you got to say for yourself? So I went, well, what it is, I went, my name's Kevin Boyce, says I'm a captain of Sunderland Football Club and told him about the club. I said, my job in the middle of park is to kick people. And they fucking looked at me like I was daft. I went, when I say that, I said, I'm talking about tackling challenges, skirmishes, you name it, you see. I went, how many do you think I do per game? And you could see they were thinking, what the fuck, where's he going with this? I said, I must have, within reason, 20, 30, 40 skirmishes maybe is a game, do you reckon? I went, I've played 40 times this year. So I worked out that's about 1,600 possible skirmishes, tackles, physical contact. Yes. I said, I've only been booked 15 times. I said, it's absolutely magnificent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> ah, fucking great. Man. And they probably sat there thinking, the bastard's done us like that, right? <laughs> and I went, and, and I went, can you just check none of those are for dissent, are they? None for dissent, all for that. But it was true though. So, you know, yeah, I had been booked 15 times, but 
we've just won the league, 105 points. You know, like, and it, what didn't mean that, yeah, even though we, we absolutely creamed the league that year, every game was a battle because we were Sunderland. Everybody wanted to fight Sunderland. So we had to tackle, we had to fight, we had to do this, that and the other. But the best bit was they've now gone out the room. They find me three grand, which was a lot of money. You're talking like 20, whatever years ago it is. The nice thing was they could said I could pay it 300 pound a month. It was like getting a Freeman's catalog on <laughs> descent, like, you know, so I could pay that. Gets out of there, right? Rings Reedy or Reedy Rangs, whatever. He went, what happened and skip like that? I went, you never guess what I can play tomorrow. And I'll never forget it. He went, fucking brilliant. He said two things. I went, what? He said, I've been told I can't pay you fine. He said, and you can ring Thur and tell him he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. It's like ring first. I'm playing tomorrow. Like that. But, but then the next day, like, because it was this last game, everybody's in that zone of enjoying it, isn't they? Like, I wasn't. I wanted to win that game. We're not getting beat. We're not getting beat. So, of course, he starts the game. You know, City Bollocks here is still in that way of thinking. Banging the door. Oh, fuck me, everything. Bang it. Probably banged it twice that day because I didn't want to get beat. Goes out, comes in at half time, we're getting beat 1 0. We have all have a big ruck about yeah, what we should and shouldn't do. We win the game in the end. And I've never, ever been in my football career so happy because I felt we'd achieved that and I could play in that game and I could go on the pitch. So I goes back in afterwards and, again, you're sitting there, everybody's high-fiving, champagne's going and that. I just sat there like that watching them. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Did you get booked in that game, can you remember? I'd like to think I fucking did. Yes. <laughs> I doubt it. I think what it is, you know, we go back to that thing about, are you a hooligan? I, I think my hooligan days or my, the days when I enjoyed being that way, listen, they were when I was younger. When you become a player at the level I did, you also have a degree of responsibility. And I think that I probably was the hooligan on the pitch, if I'm brutally honest with you, in the sense of I fucking didn't want to lose and I would kick anybody to win a game of football and I would do anything and everything at any given time. I mean... But you have to understand, you know, I've punched people and people have punched me. You know, I've had my jaw broken in the game and carried on playing. Um, I've spent a month with black eyes. I got uh, an injury once that was life-threatening. And I, this is, the, you know, we talk about people that were funny. I got an injury once in a game, right? And so it was Nash's 30th birthday. And I didn't drink much as a player, you see, because I felt I needed to be... Oh, I Nashie. did. Lee Clark, sorry. Oh. I felt I needed to, you know, drink a little bit, but not a lot, right? Nash's 30th birthday party up at um, Gosworth Park Hotel. So my missus went, she'd drive. So, but for some reason, we drank on the Saturday night. I got kicked in the game on the shin. Saturday, I got done by this lad at Stokes. Beauty light. We've gone for a 50-50. He's gone a little bit higher and I've got a nice gash. No stitches, but a nice cut down his shin, right? And and he done me. And it was fair enough because that happens, like I said, right? It's so, as though you've got that much respect for somebody who's done oh, you. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, don't <laughs> hey, get me wrong. It, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's got me a built with the ugly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mick Hartford once punched me right in the head. Fucking proper good right hook. That oh, was a beauty. Like, yeah, and then I got him back 10 minutes later. And then after the end of the game, he shook me hand and said, thanks very much. I really enjoyed that. that <laughs> Respect. Was yeah, Respect yeah, yeah. So anyhow, this lad, though, so on the night, we goes out. Oh, we, we had a do. Anyhow, Sunday night was Nash's party. Sharon said she'd drive, so I had a few drinks. And on the Monday, we were in training. And I kept thinking, yeah, I don't feel very well. Don't feel very good. So I thought, fucking, I'm not drinking anymore. This is what it does to you. Because I like training. But my shin by now was well up and it was like that 
like throbbing, right? So I goes out training, now couldn't train, had to come in. Came back, next day I went into training, doctor took one like it got rushed into hospital, they had septicemia. Machine had, was fucked. I was like gone, like that, yeah, honestly. And Mr. McClatchy, it was, it was a surgeon. I was in this room upstairs, it was the most fucking maddest place ever. I'm on the bed like that. They couldn't find out what was wrong with us. Obviously, the infection is strained, so they had to keep doing tests until they found it. Um, took days, I spent three days in there. And then this is the physio was brilliant, top lad, the physio. So I had 10p to ring him because he wanted to know because he couldn't ring. So all you had was these machines with 10p. So I had 10p and I put it in. Gordon, you'll have to get me out of here. It's horrible, like that, right? And he went, no, put the phone down. <laughs> what a fucker, right? Eh? Yeah, no, put the phone down. <laughs> Had to borrow 10p to ring him back and say, stop taking the piss like that, right? <laughs> so anyhow, I then went into the spire. What was the spire? Spent seven days in there. Took, I think, two months maybe to come back. I was running around the stadium, like Christmas Day, eight o'clock in the morning on my own, before the lads came in because I didn't want to see them. Sounds pathetic, doesn't it? But like, I didn't want to interfere in theirs. So it was like, I need to do my bit, you do. But the best bit was, and I go back to Sacco, the day that I came back to training, my first day back with the first team, he come up to me, he went, uh, you all right? I went, yeah. He went, don't expect too much today. I went, why not? He said, I said, we were told you'd never fucking play again and walked off. And that was it. So when I talk about me being the competitive person I was, and I would honestly fight, kick anybody like that, these are also bits about, I played on in a game, broke my jaw, physio came on, I'm sat there, got nude under there, split my jaw up there. So I'm sat on the floor and I knew I broke it because my fucking teeth were all over the shop here. He come on, he's going, I've gone, I broke my jaw. He's gone, <laughs> I think you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking carried on playing. So of course I go in at half time and I, I've got in the physio and by now my head's like that. I've never seen nothing like it. But the best bit was though, so, I go to hospital to have it x-rayed, obviously you broke it, you're gonna have to have an operation. And then when you have the op, they wire your teeth, every tooth has wires for it all the way through, all the way through. So when it came to having them took out, physio went to me. One of my mates in the Marines, he had that done. He went, uh, he didn't have an uh, injection when it took, it's painful he went, but he didn't have the injection. He just wanted to see if he could handle the pain. Well, it's like red rag to a bull. Like challenge, that. another yeah, challenge. Fuck, of course it is. So we get to the hospital when I'm having them out. Bloke says, do you need an injection? I went, no, no. He went, and he, I can remember the bloke went, are you sure? Right? So of course, he's now pulling the wires out. Fuck me. The pain was unbelievable. I was, eyes were watering. I was holding on to the chair like that. Good though. Fucking good. But the physio was in the background pissing himself laughing, <laughs> right? And when I went to him, he went, you didn't have the injection. I went, no. He went, that was a lie. What I said to you, really? I just want to see if you could handle the pain. <laughs> he went like that. Yeah, honestly. I fucking like that. You've never known anything. Actually, like I'm chilling him. Ah, oh, yeah, straight. <laughs> chilling him. Not straight, yeah. not straight from an MGI. But it was, but it was, uh, fuck it. No. I, like I said, I cannot think there's anything when I played that I would change. Quick break, gents, for my personal favourite sponsor of the series, of this episode, Betmate. Had a good week, didn't I? Well, good between us. Yeah, you finished top of the top of the three. 78. For the United-Liverpool game? United-Liverpool. But I did a quick tally, because I was bored. 
132.5, bold. 129, me. Big nose. 117, you. 117? Over, over four weeks. Right. See, the thing is, right, I that might not be correct because he knows for a fact that I'll not check that. Well, no, the forfeits at the end of the series. Yeah, but he knows I'll not check that. Still plenty of time to go yet because we've got the predict two predictor leagues this weekend. We've got a predictor on Saturday, eight fixtures. And then again on Sunday, we've got three fixtures on Sunday as well. This is my game. A mixture of Premier League, FA Cup and Championship. It's a lovely mix. Yeah, this is my league. This is my, my thing. So I, I put Gakpo in. Right, my team for last week, and I do not did not have a clue who Gakpo were. <laughs> it was just top. It was just near top of list. So I thought I'll put him in. But this is the big one, predictor. You like them win, lose, or draw? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just Saturday work out what I'm and Sunday. Three games on Sunday. Yeah, we've got Sheffield United, Blackburn, Brighton, Grimsby, and Man United, Fulham. Got to be at dinner over, and please gamble responsibly. Yeah. Fiverr, maximum bet. Make your predictions, win, lose, or draw. And then the best predictors split the pot. Links in the description as well. And if you put in that UTC five, you get a free fiver. So, were there any any times in a game where you've done something you thought, "Oh fuck, that's probably a little bit too, too far." Um, you do things in games, and then you th I think sometimes I think the funniest one though was, I mean, don't get me wrong, you you, you go to tackle someone, and do you want to hurt them? I think what it is. You, you know that they'd fucking hurt you if you didn't yeah. get yours in on them. So it was a case of fucking get yourself in there first. But listen, like I said, even though I was the ultra competitive player, plenty of people have had their two bobs on me as well. And I've got no problem with that. You know, I've been punched in the mouth, fucking split eyes, nose, jaw. But you have to accept that's part and parcel of the sort of style of player I was and what I'd expect. And... The biggest thing for me, though, is at the end of the game, you know the measure of the person you're up against if they shake your hand at the end of the game. And I've only ever had it once where a couple of players didn't really want to do it and I think they just wanted to have a bit of a tussle after the game and I just thought... I'll have it, but like, you know, you do, wouldn't you, though? Because you would. Like, something for the lads. Lads, yeah. come in from the stands. Yeah, but you, you would because you'd be sort of saying, well, what, what are you fucking doing? Like that. But the where it was then was totally inappropriate. But most players, you you do, and if they get one on you, you think, "Fuck, I'll get you next time." And you find that most like kind of a honour amongst thieves, yeah, kind of, of respect. Was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I said, I think yes. You know, when we talk about, like I said, I've got numerous injuries even now. I've got metal in my knee, my knee, my, knee, my jaw, my neck. I've got a scar like that on my neck now. This is all th from playing football, the competitive edge of playing football. And when it was with all the players, you know, then there'd be stitches in your shins, in your eyes and all that lot. That was the era we played in. And when people try and do a parallel to the modern game, there isn't because it was totally different then. But like I said, I, I, I loved the era I played. I loved the teams I played in. Fulham maybe didn't work out as much as I liked. Burnley, to finish my career after I'd left Sunderland, couldn't, you know, thought it was great. We had loads of, I think it was Sunderland fans asking about the crack with Wimbledon, but didn't that start at Portsmouth? Yeah, I mean, at Portsmouth and Wimbledon, because we were so close, we'd become quite arch rivals. And I remember one cup game and I mean, they beat us in this game. And to be fair on that, they got the better of us that day. But then when any games we had with, you know, Fash, Finn and all the boys, you would expect the competitive game against them. But they respected you, you stood up to them as well. 
and vice versa. And some of the things that Garmin, you know, nowadays you just could not do it. But in that area you could. And, you know, whether it be the boot and the bottom and fast shot and put it in the mixer to, you know, maybe his Vinny fucking smashing you all over or whatever. But the games against, you know, when we played against Wimbledon, um, I think it was Keith Curl. I pushed my arm into him once when we played for Sunderland. I knew what the Wimbledon boys were going to do to us in that game because I played against them. And I don't think Sunderland had really come across from that much at the time. And I remember we had a centre forward, Thomas Hauser, and they were punching him at the corners against all four. I can't remember. It's fucking hilarious. They were actually punching him. It was brilliant to watch because I knew they were going to do it. <laughs> like, you know, and they were him like that. And poor old. Then all of a sudden, Thomas went to react, which is what they want. So I got in between Thomas and Keith to stop Thomas, Banjo and Keith. So I went like that with Keith, put my hand there and pushed Thomas away and don't fucking bite. Oh, Keith fucking done me a beauty. Just fucking dropped to the floor holding his face like that. And I got sent off. And I'm going to the ref, I didn't fucking touch him. And he went, well, why is he down there then? And I hadn't touched him. So even when I got sent off, I mean, it was brilliant because the fans give you an absolutely standard ovation. Yeah. Fuck all. <laughs> you imagine what they'd done if you had a banjo, you know, like that. <laughs> but they didn't do any of it. You know, it was, it, I hadn't touched him. And I'm going off and even Dennis, I went, I have not touched him. And he went in to see the manager and they went, yeah, Keith said you punched him. I fucking didn't. But it was brilliant what they'd done. But that's, that was a competitive edge. And no matter what people say, Wimbledon as a team and that era were fantastic for what they wanted to be like mm. and what they were and how they upset people was their mantra. It was like their strategy. So if that's where you want to be, you either fucking stand up for it or to it, sorry, or you go under. Would you respect that though? The, the, fucking the, right. When yeah. you went down... Holding his face, like we talked about that. Oh, did then. I respect it? No, I want to kick the fucker right in the head for doing it, like, you know, because I haven't done anything. Because but, it's, it's, oh, he's done us, yeah. Like, listen, from my point of view, what Keith done then was brilliant because yeah. he's thought, oh, I fucking buy one here. So it was, it was gamesmanship, wasn't it, really? And if, if that again was in their game, and if I weren't bright enough to realise that, that's my fault. Yeah. I've got to be the one that takes responsibility for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm expecting you just stood at the tunnel. Waiting for Keith, thinking I'm fucking having... I'm having uh, no, not then. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the hardest one then wouldn't have been... To, well, Keith Kurt was Dennis Smith. He wanted to fucking kill us for doing it. Because <laughs> Dennis at the time was... I mean, Dennis was as hard as nails. Like, no two ways about it. Dennis was... Dennis would join in training. He'd twat the lads in training and everything. And, and if he, for one minute... Uh, you know, he, he honestly thought I must have done something. He was probably annoyed more because I've been sent off in a game we needed to win. They, they were great days. And, and would I, like I said, I keep harping back to it, would I want to play in the modern game because it is better nowadays financially, physically? I know the, the social media makes the scrutinisation of a modern player very difficult, but I still loved when I played. Do you know when you said you didn't, uh, you rarely drank during the season or you yeah. drank at the right times? Do you know when you were out with all the lads? I mean, we heard but Stephen Bywater, he didn't do it, but all of a sudden you just become head of security, don't you? Of you're looking after everybody. Yes. We've heard a couple of people yeah. tell us some stories. Yeah, like. that's that's interesting. And, I, and if Stephen felt the same way, you feel a responsibility to your teammates. And I mean, I have this thing that if we're out, I always used to say, remember, our night should not impinge on others. 
So if, we're, if you're acting the twat and you get a backhand or something, to be fair, you probably deserved it. <laughs> and that's the way it goes, isn't it? Because if you've been a twat and you're just, you know, disrespecting someone else or impinging on their night out, then so be it. But the times, you know, the one with, with Don for at Newcastle, it was interesting how we had been accused of letting a stink bomb off which was, I mean, why we went to Newcastle for a club Christmas party is fucking beyond me. <laughs> when they said we want to go to a Chinese in Stale Street for the Christmas party, I remember thinking, what the fuck do you want to go there for? Are you that daft? You don't know what it's like. But then you think, right, and Newcastle were playing at home that night. So we'd, the lads have been good as gold, but you are conscientiously watching them. And then you are enjoying yourself, but you're conscientiously watching them to just want to get, make sure everybody's okay. The last thing you want is a stink bomb in that situation. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I'm not being funny. The lady pulled me at the bottom of the stairs. She went, um, you'll have to leave now. One of you has let a stink bomb off. And I looked at her <laughs> and I actually went to her and I probably was condescending. I said, excuse me, love. I said, I'm whatever age I was. I can't remember what it was. I said, I have two children. I think I'm past that stage of letting stink bombs off. <laughs> you. And I actually think I said it like that. But as I looked over her shoulder, Don was getting a good hiding on the dance floor off the bouncers. And we got told afterwards, they allegedly, uh, because we were Sunderland, they were in the castle and all that lot. And the next thing, of course, and this is true, my neighbour was a copper at the time. And he had told us not long before that about a lad that got kicked to death. And do you know what? For some reason, as well as being me, but that went in my head and all I kept thinking, they're not going to fucking do it to him. So of course, next thing I'm like fucking Cooper man having a one, two with the bounce was fucking like that protecting Don, which was great. But like the best one was there was other lads in there and one, and I won't name him, he had a pint in his hand. Now, usually you think he's your teammate, put the pint down and steam in. And if you all get a good iodine, you all get a good iodine, don't you? He's got his pint and he's fucking done a shifty like that and moved behind a pillar so no one could see him. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking in. He hid. I mean, they said he went like that, walked around, so he was hiding behind the pillar. <laughs> now, this bloke, to be fair, wasn't the sort of lad that would stick up, but you would expect him At least to pretend. do it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'll be honest with you, I'm desperate for toilet life. And then I think Tippy got lobbed out. And I'm sure he, he hit his head off a car outside and there was mayhem, then the police come. And it was like, don't, I think, I don't know if Tippy or Don got arrested. I got had to go to hospital because split my lip right up there. Uh, like, and obviously they wear gloves, don't they? Of course, so when they hit you, they mark you. So, of course, I've got marks on my head. Uh, had my lip glued up and went home. But the hardest part wasn't that. It was fucking, when I turned home, my missus already knew. Someone had already rung her and told her. Where was that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who it was, but like some had had. And she's obviously, as you'd expect, it's not like, are you okay? It's what the fuck you've been doing now. <laughs> like, like, you know. Especially when you say it's over a stink bomb. <laughs> yeah, and, and do you know what? That's how, you know, everything has a prelude to something to cause a reaction. And it was pathetic. But like I said, I spent Christmas Day, we went to the Ramside for Christmas Day dinner. Well, fuck me, you want to see the cuts on my head, like, but like, yeah, and then, yeah, but it wasn't photos we took that year. But the worst part again then <laughs> was you've now got to go and face the manager the next day because you've been involved on bother on the night. And lucky enough, I've gone in to see Mick Buxton and he's gone, are you right, Kevin? I went, well, not really. And he went, that's all right. He said, one of my friends and I'd spoke to a friend of Mick's there um, while we was there. And he went to me, it's all right. He said, um, he spoke to my friend, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. I went, yeah. He said he watched whatever everything that happened. He said, well done. And that was it. And the one with Bez when we was away, again, 
Fez is the loveliest, jovial, young, fucking loud, brash little fucker you've ever known in your life. But he's got Art Golden, not a tough bone in his body type thing. John Beresford. Yeah, sorry, John Beresford, yeah. And we were in this bar. End of season trip to Frankfurt. I think I knew I was going to be leaving Portsmouth after that year, that season, come to Sunderland. And he was running a book between Palace and Man U, I think it was. And I think Palace must have scored first, which meant he won. <coughs> he was quids in if Man U had scored. Whatever way it was, but he won. And Bez being Bez had a bottle of Budweiser and decides to do this. Of course, the Bud went everywhere. He's celebrating, but unbeknown to him, there's a group of lads in it went all over them. So this lad turned around to Bez and offered him outside and wanted to beat the fuck out of him. Bez been five foot three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I went over, as you do, and went, is everything okay? And he went, the bloke went me, fucking you, outside like that. So I thought, I'll get him outside. He'd be all right. I'll just talk him out of it. Right, be fine. I'd just go, listen, mate, it was an accident. We'll pay for you. I think it'd be dry clean. We'll buy you a couple of beers. You make, not a problem. We weren't there for any hassle. We were just there for a good time. It just happened that one of us done that. And it all kicks off. So as I've gone to this bloke, went to say something, he's fucking only twatted us, isn't he? Oh, he's given me the best right hook ever. So I obviously had to reciprocate and give him one back, <laughs> right? But the best bit was then, he's now gone down, right? And Warren, I think it was Warren, Neil, it was Warren, you know his name? And Alan Knight, I think it might have been, are now fucking dragging me out of there because they knew it was going to either kick off or the police would come. And but the worst bit about it was, I had, I can, I can still picture myself now. I had a pair of shorts on, a fucking vest top, flip flops, and a paper in the back of my thing. But as they're running me down the road, they were crying with laughter because they said it's the funniest thing they've ever seen when the, the bloke hit me and I hit him back like that, and he's gone down like that. But I lost my flip flop, and I keep shouting, and when you go back for me flip flop, I want me other <laughs> flip flop like that. <laughs> so in the end, we've gone back to the hotel, and we're in the hotel, and we've had a good night. Anyhow, next day. We're all around the pool having a beer and that. And I saw them all coming in the distance, these lads. And I One thought... flip flop. Like, oh, no, like put Cinderella. it this way. Put, put it this way. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've got it. I think I'd have been eating the flip flop. Like, but anyhow, we did find me flip flop. But the best bit was... <laughs> but you know, the funniest bit was, it was the fact that the lads that were running down the road were laughing because they said it was the funniest thing they've ever seen. Like, but they were wanting to get me out of there. It was hilarious. But when these lads come the next day and there was a few of them, big fucking lads, and we thought, fucking out now, Phil, we're going to end up a cold-blooded one-two. Fuck me, you've got to be ready for it, ain't you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but they came, and I'll never forget it. This lad, and he was huge, came up, and he went, we were just here about last night. And I'm looking at the lads around me and none of them would have wanted to. And I fucking didn't really want to. Not fucking, what would I, why would you want to do it if you get what I mean? You, yeah. you do it when you're in the height the of moment. that time, but just cold blood, you don't want to do it. And I'll never forget it. He just went, um, we're really sorry. He said, he's bang out of order, shouldn't have done it. I fucking hammered his mate. And, and it taught me a big lesson as well. Something that I've always sort of thought about as well, that his mate, having a go at Bez and hitting me for no reason because I didn't want a, a fight with this, this lad. Of course I fucking didn't. All I was open was we could buy him a beer and, and probably, if anything, become his, his duff mate type thing, yeah. you know, like... And he went, he's bang out of order. He shouldn't have done it. We're really, really sorry. Um, he went, we don't want any asshole. Just hope you have a good time. We'll have a good time. And we saw him out and they were great. And then the funny thing was I saw the lad on the plane on the way home and it was like a totally different bloke. Like, you know, madman here, there, doing that. Just sensible lad on the plane. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
you know. Been, to be fair, he did get put in his place <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I think what it was, it was, it was more, what the fuck? And, and like I said, I am a big believer. If one of my mates is out and he's acting the twat and he gets a slap off someone for being a twat, one's fair, isn't it? You've got to say, well, you deserve that. Mm. But anything after that, or if he's pissed and someone's... That's, you fun. can't do that. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. And I would do the same, by the way, if one of them was doing it. So I'd go, no, you fucking can't do that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You mentioned your, your time at Burnley and he's popped up a few times, hasn't he, Stan Tennant? Yeah. What's your favourite story on him? Well, it's loads with Stan. I could, I could, he took me off in a game once at half time. He went, oh, come on, are you, I'm taking you off. Come and sit with me. And I thought, why the fuck do I want to sit with you second <laughs> half when you've took me off for no reason, right? And that was the time I went back home and in the middle of the night, it was fucking really still stewing with me. Like, really, I couldn't get it out of my head. Why it took me off for no reason? And it was fucking bugging me. So in the middle of the night, I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm going back to Burnley. I'm going to fucking <laughs> sort it out with him like that. Where are you living? Back up here in the right. northeast. And my missus went, where are you going? I went, I've had enough. I'm going to fucking sort him out. <laughs> like that. And this is, but be fair to Stan. Stan has a good go. Oh, fucking Stan a banjo. You know, two worries about that. <laughs> so there was another time. Um, it, it, it was just, I have to say this about him. The man's a genius. Because he knew how to do that, to do that, to do that, to, and he used to do it to people. And I remember saying to Sam Ellis once, "Why the fuck do you put up with the way he is at times?" And he went, "You'll understand." Sam went to me, "You'll understand one day, Kevin." And it was brilliant what he used to do. He used to fucking just do that to players. Yeah. Um, similar to what we're on about with Reedy before. Yeah, that similar to that. The but like for stories, for example, we played Birmingham one night. Right, I played at centre back. I think we got we got beat one, but I. Sounds because he played brilliant. I was magnificent on the night. Because going from centre-back to centre-mid, centre-mid to centre-back, centre-mid to centre-back was easy because you had everything in front of you. Mm. So I played the game and was brilliant, but we got beat 1-0. My agreement with Stan was I could go home after every game to like be back in the northeast with the family. So I'm driving back over the tops. Phone call from Stan. Hi, Gaffy, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. He said, uh, you were absolutely fucking magnificent tonight. I went, thank you very much. He went, but the rest of them were shite, so you're in tomorrow and put the phone down. <laughs> I had to fucking turn around and go back. Yeah, I'd turn around and go back. Another time we were moving the house and he'd give me one day off. And bearing in mind, I wanted two or three, but he said you can have one. So I drove back to Burnley on the Tuesday morning early and I was knackered from the move. Gets to Burnley, no one there. I went, where is everybody? He went, oh, the gaffer not ring you. We've given them another day off. I fucking, so I went, I said, why don't you tell us? He went, oh, I forgot. So I fucking, I went, do you want to go and do some training with a physio? I went, no, I fucking don't. I got in the car and drove all the way back home again. Uh, what else did he do? Um, obviously, the time that he he was he, he banjo Blakey, Glenn Little across the back of the head was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> we were having a 5 and Blakey was on my team and we had won it. But in the last bit, Blakey was being Blakey, not running around so much. And Gaffer shouted out, Blakey, fucking run, you lazy. Obviously called him the hunt word, right? 
And Blakey shouted back at the gaffer, well, I'm fucking knackered and I gaffer like that. And that was it. Gaffer then proceeded to send him in. So he sent Blakey in. So Blakey goes through the doors to go back to the changing room. Next thing, the gaffer goes through the doors after Blakey. Then Blakey comes back through the doors screaming, he's just fucking hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. Honestly, we were like that. <laughs> I'll never get it. Fucking, he's come through. He's chasing him. Fuck, I fucking beat him up like that. And then you're back to that thing again, though. You're thinking, you can't really let the gaffer beat up one of the players, can you? Right? And, oh, it's fucking brilliant. So another time, what was the one? I'd just come back from being really ill. I didn't never suffer much from illness as a player, but I had what if the flu, I suppose, man flu. So I went to see the manager. I went, I can't play tomorrow. I said, I feel that ill. I need to just go home. Well, you don't think you can play it? No, honestly, if you touch me, I'd want to eat. That's how much of pain I felt. He went, well, I fuck off then. Like, because that was just standing. It wasn't being nasty, it was just the way he was. So I go home, has a few days at home, come back the following Wednesday, I think. And then I was going to be, I don't know if I played on the Saturday or so, I can't remember any, but I was in the game. So we beat Forest, I think it was 1 0. But during the end of the game, they had a man sent off, and the tactically it changed a bit. But I made a third man run in the box. They had other man sent off, by the way. We went into a defensive system. Chet was banging the ball in our box, right? So we nearly conceded where we should have just stayed the way we were and just kept going at them. So anyhow, we made a run. I made this third man run. And I must have, I didn't miss the ball. I was just that much too late from scoring to make it a second. I think I'd come on a sub. I'm sure he had. And uh, after the game, he started having a go at me about this run. I thought, so I went, sorry, Gaffer, no problem. I was just enthusiastic after getting back from being ill. That was the first time. Second time, he fucking had another go at me. I went, yeah, I'm really sorry, Gaffer. And the third time, I went, why don't you just fuck right off? I went like that because <laughs> he was getting on my nerves then. And I just got up and went in the shower. And all the lads are coming in going, they used to call me Fossil because I was the oldest there. Are you all right, Fossil? I went, yeah, why? Well, just the way you spoke to him like that. I went, no, I don't give a shit about him. Like, because I'd, I'd said sorry twice, three times, you're thinking to take the piss like that. So anyhow, the goes home on the Tuesday, we're playing Scunny away. He went, I want to meet him before we leave. And I fucking knew what he was going to do. He was going to have a go at me. You just, you just knew what Stan was like, right? So he went, yes, he said, um, who's been in the kit man's room and, and stole the beanie hats? So I thought, how long is he going to fucking take to get to it, right? <laughs> Next thing he had a go at us because somebody on the Saturday or whenever it was Saturday before had eaten the tuna sandwiches before we got to the service station and we were bang out of order and we were, he used the C word then as well. And you're sitting there thinking, here we go. And then he went, I'm fucking you! <laughs> and he started shouting at me, I want you to apologise to every man in this room for your actions on Saturday when I got up and told him, fuck, I've walked in this thing. I went, I looked round and went, lads, you know how much I love you all, but I'm not fucking apologising to none of you. <laughs> and I went like that to him. And he fucking came across the changing room. I thought, it's going to fucking hit us. So I got my fist ready, didn't <laughs> I? I laughed at He cocked. Yeah, yeah, he was cocked. Like, I had no choice. I thought he was going to come and hit us, right? That's, <laughs> honest God, he come hit, but then he bypassed me and went out the door. So he goes to the game and we went to penalties, right? And... Uh, I missed mine, Steve missed his, so we lost. So as you're getting back on the bus, he's in the manager's seat, you know, the favourite one. And as I got on, I just knew, and as I walked past him, all I heard was him go, you fucking missed that on purpose. <laughs> I fucking blame him for missing the penalty as well. But this is what he was like. But the best one ever, right, and I'll probably tell you loads more, but I absolutely adored the bloke. How he got that team working, 
and how they do it was genius. I don't care what anybody says because as they had young lads work their balls off, senior lads work their balls off. He would like give, he would, he had us in, we never had a game on a Saturday once and he had us in on a Monday. He took us up in the hills and I'm not lying, bearing in mind we played on the Saturday, ran us all morning, like run around these things all morning, like nonstop, run to there, walk back down, run. And I kept thinking, what's he doing like that? We've just played on Saturday. We must have been up there for two hours, knackered, back at the turf, goes back in the changing room and he went, right, brilliant this morning. He went, um, we ain't got a game Saturday, see you next Monday. Fucking genius. Do you see what I'm saying? So this time we were playing against um, Grimsby. Fucking Grimsby, that's the worst <laughs> place ever there. So they were playing three in the middle of the park and there was me and Tony Grant playing as a two. So our centre forwards wouldn't drop in. I think it was Morrow or Gareth, wouldn't drop in to help us out defensively. So we, they ran us ragged, right? Me and Granty were working our nuts off, right? So as we were going in, Stevie Davis went to say something, the captain, and I put my hand on the skip's leg, went, leave and let the manager sort it out, right? I think he took Granty off, said to Tony Grant, you're coming off. He said, because what you two are doing in the middle of the park is tantamount to cheating. Well, fuck me. No manager's ever <laughs> called me a cheating on my whole career. I went, you fucking what? I went, you're not calling me a fucking cheat. And with that, we had the biggest fucking row ever, right? And uh, fucking like, like venomous, right? And he's going, you're fucking coming off. I'm going, I'm fucking not. He's going, I'm the manager. I said, I don't give a fuck who you are like that. <laughs> I said, I'm not coming off. But the best bit ever was as he's telling me now, I'm coming off because I'm having a go at him. He's looked at Granty and gone, Granty, do you want to go back on? And Granty went, no. <laughs> and even then I think I went like that because Granty just went, no, I don't want to go back on. <laughs> like it was fucking brilliant. So in the end, we're now having a massive row, me and Stan, massive row. The lad's like, again, half time, just going, oh, well, like that. While well, we had this row and he made Sam go to the ref to tell him I was coming off so I couldn't go back out on the pitch. So I thought, fuck you then. So I got changed when I sat on the coach to listen to the game and the driver had some cakes and he was bringing them up to me and he was fucking shaking as he gave me them because he thought I was, I went, what's the matter? He went, are you all right? I went, yeah, why? And he, because he thought I was going to be fucking, mad. I was fine because you have to control yourself. So anyhow, I had to go or listen to the game, goes back in after the game he fucking started having a right go at everybody again, me as well, like that. Told me I'd never, ever, ever play for the club again. And I said, well, it don't really fucking matter. You're releasing me anyhow. I think they'd already told us they're releasing us like that, right? So he went, right, I'll fucking see you all on Monday. So I thought, well, that's me finished now. My career's done. I'm 38 nearly. I'm finished. Goes in on the Monday. There's a reserve team. Ten out of the Saturday are playing in the reserves. The only one who's not playing is me, Right? goes out and trains. Dave's all out of play. I didn't. He, we never saw the manager Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think we saw him on the Friday, right? And this was his opening part. He threatened he was having a go at the captain's wife because allegedly, or the captain because his wife had allegedly bad-mouthed him in the local gym, right? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking comical. This is out on the training pitch, by the way. He threatened to shoot us all, Right? Fucking shoot us all. And I'm behind him so he couldn't see me going like that to the lads. Like <laughs> fucking wrong when I think about it, right? But it was funny. So I'll fucking shoot the lot of you. 
And then my fucking bless him, Gazza was there as well. And there was another one. And he's like that. I'm like that behind him, like that, the lads. And they're all fucking looking at me like that. So like I say, threatened to shoot us all. We trained uh, next day. Bear in mind, I didn't think I was playing, finished. Then all of a sudden, team goes up on the board. I'm now playing centre-back and captain because he's dropped the captain who played centre-back, Steve Davis. <laughs> Stevie Davis comes in, sees he's not playing, right? Says, I'm fucking... This was it. He said, I'm going to fucking play today, right? Goes into the manager's office next to the changing room and all we, we're all fucking at the, wind, the thing like that, listening as you do, like... <laughs> you can fuck right off. <laughs> next thing, manager walked in, calm as anything, went... Um, uh, so-and-so, whoever was playing in midfield, you're not playing now. Baller, you go back in midfield, skips back in. And we're all like that, thinking. And he went, uh, we need to win today, because if we do, we're in the playoffs. If not, we're going to Portugal on Monday. Good luck, lads. Oh, who the fuck does that? <laughs> if you're not fucking either a genius or, you know, tapped. But I thought, I sat there thinking, the man's a fucking genius. Because he challenged me at the beginning of the week, now we need to win the game. He's dropped the captain who's gone, fuck you, I'll show you. He's getting reactions everywhere. Did you get a result? No, we got fucking beat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I did, you to, did you go to Portugal? <laughs> no, no, I tell you what. You know, this gets even better, right? So the next day we, uh, we played Coventry and we drew nil-nil and it was Gazza's last ever game too. I mean, Gazza was great. You know, like, it was fucking brilliant. He used to cut, bring his gun to the training ground, shoot the rabbits from fucking miles away. And then me and our Luke, we had an air gun. He went, I'll bring it in, I'll sort it out for you. Oh, it was fucking brilliant, Gaza. But in the game, he, shall we just say, he was in the Gaza mode, if you get what I mean. He was sub. He came on, two free kicks, Magnus Hedman made saves like you've never seen in your life. And it could have been Gaza's swan song. If we'd have won that, we'd have then got to the playoffs and whatever happened after that. Because we drew, we I think we finished seventh. But the manager did say, right, we're off to Portugal on the Monday or the Tuesday. And I got to Portugal after two days. I thought, I've fucking had enough. So I went to see him, I said, I'm going home. He went, if you go home, I'll find your week's wages. I said, you fucking can't. Because I said, I paid to come here. I paid for my flight and I'm paying to fucking go home. And it's my choice. I went, so you can't. He just went, I fuck off then. <laughs> but it was, was Stan. Was yeah, you couldn't. You, you, it was... To finish my career somewhere, it was two great years. I mean, Gaza, when he was there, was, was superb. I mean, we played once at Bramall Lane and Gaza was dribbling the ball and stuck their centre forward in on our goal. That was fucking brilliant. He slid him in brilliantly. <laughs> like, and when we go, I'm going, what the fuck are you doing? He went, I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. But that was also probably the same, I don't know, it was the same game where we came in at half time, there was a, Ruck, like Stan's having a bit of a moan and one of their lads had done Paul Cook so Stan's having a bit of a go then he's disappeared and he's gone round and I believe he had a one-two with um, Kevin what's it Black Blackwell. Blackwell yeah Blackwell so well, what, that was it I think they were listening behind the door with the ears to the yeah. door so they nearly grabbed so when he's gone out he said he's going to see the ref right going to see the ref to sort out this tackle really he went to fucking find Kevin so allegedly He's stuck the nut on Kevin. This is only what I got told. And Kevin's obviously whacked him one back. So Stan's now back in our changing room saying to us, with blood coming out of his nose, right, and the physio dabbing it like that, right, lads, this half I want you to play with cool, calm, calculated aggression. And he's just gone and nutted their fucking number two, right? So I'm looking at him like that. So I'm like that. Anyhow, so we go out and I got sent off. 
right? So with maybe 10 minutes to go, five minutes ago, I got sent off for two bookables. And as I'm going off, I, he's waiting for me on the touchline. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to give us it here like that. And he just whispered in my ear, he went, you were fucking magnificent today. He went, now wait in the tunnel, we're going to have a fucking fight with this lot after. <laughs> so it goes in the tunnel and there's steps at Bramwell Lane. So I've sat on the steps like that, right? Thinking, is he fucking serious? I thought, we're already going to get fined for this one. And like, if I get caught fighting, no, we'll get it all done again. So the next thing is a tap on my shoulder. And I've looked up like that. So I was just sat in the tunnel waiting, was Lenny John Rose and Ronnie Jepson. So I've gone, what are you two doing down here? And he went, oh, the manager's just rung us from the dugout. We're here for the fight. <laughs> And he what? And that was and there was yeah, a the fucking in the troops yeah, together. Yeah, massive melee in the tunnel after. <laughs> so in the end, I've got the manager's back, and he's gone to it. I've gone. It's fucking me like that because I knew if didn't have his back like that. Oh, was, but the polish were brilliant. They were there with the cameras like that. Oh, it was fucking brilliant that like that. And, and, and that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, I mean, one of the funniest things we ever done with Burnley. Was it was me, Ian Moore, and Lenny John Rose done a team photo. I mean, you know, remember Lenny's passed away recently. Top, top, one of the loveliest blokes you've ever met. Like, fantastic. So, Moro was here. Jono was in the middle, and I was there. So Lenny went right. What we're going to do? See if he notices. I'll put my arm on your leg. You put my your arm on my leg, and Moro, you do the same. So we all look like we've got opposite arms and everything like that. So we done it, right? And at Burnley, they used to have a thing where you used to get a fine on a Friday. It started a pound, and if you appealed, it went to two. If you kept appealing, it went to four. You might end up paying 10 or 15 quid. It went in the pot, you had a few drinks. So anyhow, bearing in mind, we had done this on the team photo, which we fucking shouldn't have done. It was the worst thing we ever could have done, but it was funny at the time, right? We thought we got away with it, and the team photo, we had got away with it because you actually saw on the team photo to start with the opposite arms. And it looked like Lenny's got a black and a white arm, and I've got a black and a white arm, and same Memoro, right? <laughs> So Stevie Davis has only told the manager, and because he, he hadn't noticed, he went fucking apoplectic has. Find us all three grand each, I think it was, and told us we had to do the photos again. So we're thinking now they're going to have to pay this money, right, to get a cameraman in. But they fucking didn't. They got somebody to superimpose our arms back to where they should be. <laughs> Honestly, the photo is fucking terrible. Like, all you could see is, you just know that's not arms. fucking his arms like that, yeah. <laughs> but that's, so, but if you, if, you, if you got something over him, he hated you for it. I went up his house for Sunday dinner once and I knew that he had a video, I can't remember what it's called, that he'd have a lovely, oh, it's fantastic, look after Sunday dinner. And then you had to watch this video with him. It was a film he loved. And I kept thinking, fuck, I really don't want to watch this film. Sunday dinner was great. And I don't know which of his lads, I think it might have been Dan. When it came, he went, he went after dinner and everything. He said, oh, I've got something I'd like you to watch. And I remember thinking, oh, no. And then he's gone in the room to find the video and he couldn't find it. He was going mad. And Dan, his lad, was in the background going to me, you're all right, I've hid it. <laughs> you fucking need the video so you didn't have to watch it like that, yeah. But these are the sort of things that <laughs> just imagine you're putting it in a yeah, bit yeah, of yeah. oh, <laughs> no, a you know, Like the tackle against David Dunn, like at the time, fuck me, Dunny had raked one down the back of me legs. I'm like, right, you fucker, I'm having you like that. And it was just one of those you could read what he was gonna do. And I thought, and then, and when you watch it on the thing, obviously it's a slightly missed time tackle. <laughs> like but the best bit was I got, after the game, Stan's gone to me, you're going to have to go on the telly and say you're sorry like that. And I said, I'm not fucking saying sorry. So I wouldn't say sorry, like I wouldn't. And then in the end, I think it cost me 
two weeks wages when I rang my missus, right? So Luke, sorry, was always my greatest advocate. If he, if I'd had a shit game and I'd gone to him, I had to think your dad played today, I've seen you play better, dad, which was code for you were shit, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> like, like, right? I don't. Yeah, exactly, right? So I went, all right, mate. I said, what do you think of the tackle? And he went, uh, I thought you got the ball, dad. All right, thank you, son. Mrs. came on. I went, uh, what do you think of the tackle then? I went, that's a two-week fine. She went, two weeks fine. She went, you should have been fucking arrested. It was horrendous. <laughs> she wanted me arrested and Luke thought I got the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was, I said, when you play the error I did, what you were allowed to do then, and I hastened to add that I don't think I've ever come across a player that I played against that we might have had scraps, one-twos, kicks, that we've not embraced each other. And I think that's a mark of respect to the people that I've played against. There's a lot of players have said that you were the hardest to play against, toughest, hardest, whatever. Who's the hardest you played against? Nobody was, I could ever go for. I mean, Mickey, Mickey Hartford. I mean, I learned early on Billy White. People like this. I remember watching Billy playing for... It was, wasn't for... It, who was he playing for? I can't remember the time. It was at Bristol Rovers. And they, they had a centre-back, I think, Bristol Rovers, Timmy someone... And I've never seen a centre-forward beat up a centre-back the way Billy beat this Tim up. I've never seen nothing like... I think I was only about 18 at the time. Never, ever seen... It. He battered him from the start of the game to the end of the game. And the way it was looking, he probably battered him on the way back in the changing <laughs> rooms as well. It was that bad. So when you play Billy, you know you're in for a game. But they enjoy it as long as... You, they want you to be up for it as well. If they think they can dominate you, they'll fucking dominate. But if they know you're going to give it back, they love it. Uh, Tommy Tynan played for Plymouth. Tommy was that fucking wide when you played against him. You used to have to go around the side. He was that big and strong and that. Um, like I said, Mick Hartford, he, he punched me in the mouth. I elbowed him after the game. He said, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. I mean, who the fuck <laughs> says that? You know what I mean? <laughs> who comes up to you and says, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. And I, and I, I never forgot that. Um, I remember then we played against him when he was at Derby and he, he laid one of our players out. I was watching up the field, looked over and he was stood next to him. Looked back up the field, looked back and our lad was Sparco and he's going to me, you're fucking next like that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just started laughing. I went, hey, stay out there like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do also, you know, like I listened, uh, you know, you go back to about um, abilities and that. Don't perceive just because we were the aggressive sort of player and the, that style of player that we weren't as good as you. What we done was made the most of what we had. And if we've made the most of what we've had, we are good footballers. We are excellent footballers and every team needs one. Would anybody, would any of the lads like play practical jokes on you or would they just think, oh, fuck yeah, yeah they not... did, yeah, yeah. They used to rip the piss out of me because they knew <laughs> I'd bite. Like, did you? Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. I was captain, I was so precise like some days we you know they would do stuff one day they said oh we're having a meeting to discuss who's captain this year the lads did I fucking knew it would annoy me <laughs> yeah and I so we're I, invited. I, 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 do you know the mess it was when I went where we having it I went oh you're not involved <laughs> I fucking it was in Ireland pre-season done me a brilliant laugh fucking raging raging like that yeah and they knew that it would bound me up wind me up so they'd done it on purpose and then the best bit was uh there was one game we went to, so we'd wear maybe his red shirts to the game or blue shirts like that. And I, I loved it. I thought when we looked smart, we looked the part, I think that perception then is they're professional. Right, lads, we're wearing blue today, red for the game, right? So everybody knows. 
Blue for the traveling, red for the game. I gets on the train. I'm in blue. All the lads are in red. I'm thinking, you know, like you start thinking, fucking I told the lads red. Fucking sure I told the lads red. I was, fucking, I was mortified that I'd bollocked it up myself because I'm thinking I'm captain. I can't be doing this. Right? So we on the train, driving down and thought nothing of it. And then I clocked one of the lads looking at me on the phone, fucking laughing. And it was Tony Coton ringing Paul Stewart, who was getting on at Darlington, telling him it had worked and they'd fucking wound me up. And <laughs> like if I hadn't have clocked him looking at me, I went, you fucking... <laughs> like that, yeah. They thought him and Stewie and Tony were fucking terrible. Like, I used to have my life like that. But, um, but I think being captain, I, I really enjoyed it. And, I, you know, you try to embrace with everybody, um, allow them to enjoy it and have good fun. But, yeah, they fucking wound me up a treat then. <laughs> Proudest moment? Proudest moment would seriously be the time when we won the championship with 105 points. Um, that thing I said to you earlier on about making sure that we didn't get beat again allowed us. I, I'm listening. The end. We all had to play a part to get the 105 points, but I really, really did not want to get beat, and I felt such a sense of achievement that we had not got beat once we had won it, and that we had won it with 105 points, and we could all enjoy it. And walking out on the pitch, I mean, I've got a few bits and pieces left still, like memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, but one of the the best pictures, of, oh, I've got one lovely painting, a bloke done from the testimony where I'm like that and I scored. But the other one I've got in the study is just holding the trophy like that with my back to the camera. And the reason being it's so good is because that was the day we win the trophy, but it was also the year that Vaux went under. And it was quite a synonymous moment for the city of Sunderland, such a great thing and such a sad thing. And that was my proudest moment because I felt such a sense of achievement. But having won it twice, like I said, I've played in cup finals, playoff finals, centenary games v Liverpool. I mean, we played in that after we came back, after we won the league. We went to Marbella for a few days and I kept saying to myself, I'm not drinking because I can't because we've got this game against Liverpool. But I roomed with Quinny, so in the end we ended up having a few <laughs> drinks like that. And I'm not lying, we played the game. I can't even remember what the score was, but I remember laying in bed so we say we went to Marbella. I think we came back on the day we were playing the game. And after the game, I went home and I laid in bed like that. And I went to my missus, I feel like I've had the shit kicked out of me. I was that sore from going from such a high and then doing that in Marbella, then coming back and thinking I could play a game of football and not hurt. And I swear to God, it's the most pain I've been in for a long time like that. But that was definitely it, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that top bit. man. So I'll never meet you heroes, but it's not true, is it? There was that other thing. Somebody asked, why did I play you at right wing at Man U? Yeah, it was, it was Arsenal, was it? Arsenal. Well, I thought, well, it's funny because if I'm being funny, why would I play you right wing? You did against have 33 injuries. I've, I've said it before. <laughs> Ashley Cole was rested and Gail Clichy played, but nobody had heard of Gail Clichy. So I was buzzing, thinking of half a He's chance. I was horrific, so, Yeah, but you say, but that was a real challenging time for us, though, wasn't it, really? Like, like, the only reason being, we've got a team in the Premier League, which has, I think he spent five million on it, to try and stay in the Premier League, which is impossible. I mean, I felt for Mick because I thought mm. it was so tough for him and him and Taff were brilliant. Um, and when Bob said, would you take over me? I thought, fuck, why don't you just leave him to the end of the season? He's not going to, yeah, yeah. you know, do anything like that. Um, 
when we went down to Man United, it was interesting because we drew, didn't we? Yeah. And before the game, I got invited in to see the top man. It was lovely. Yeah. I never got spoken to by him after the game because technically it finished their chances yeah. of winning the championship. I mean, we never did get any fucking champers off Jose Mourinho after that, <laughs> did we? Um, but he was probably right because he's probably thinking, how can they do that in this game but not all season? But I think you can on a one-off. Mm. The consistency comes in over the course of the season. I just thought it was really tough. And even the Arsenal game, I mean, Thierry Henry scored that free kick, didn't he, in the near post. Newcastle, you're winning 1-0. Mistake, concede four like that. One, That was one of the most toughest, toughest situations I've been in to be manager of Sun and Football Club being beaten at Derby in that technical area, knowing we had the win in our hand, but within that. It gone. But one nil at half time, wasn't it? Yeah. One nil at half time. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it was, um, I felt for the players because I also think sometimes responsibility has to be up above as well that sometimes you can only achieve so much. It was tough. But I, so it was against Arsenal. Yeah. That was a one where. You have a good game? No, not really. Uh, I did it at Old Trafford. Yeah, Old Trafford would be great. I remember at Old Trafford. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, but, but do you know the funny thing was at Old Trafford though, we're drawing the game and we had half a chance, I think. I don't know if John nearly scored. And I'm, I didn't think, well, I probably did think, I was thinking, don't fucking score. Because you knew they would have changed their game. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I'm happy with nil-nil because I thought if we score, it's got to be with 10 seconds to go. Because if it had been with 10 minutes to go, you'd have been, I would have been the Alamo. And if you had a concede, it would have been two and three like that. But nil-nil there was a fantastic result. The Arsenal game was a shame because obviously what happened to do with the tackle. The Abbey, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And there was hell on about that. I mean, we got letters, like threatening letters. I got threatening letters. The players got, well, the lad involved got threatening letter. Um, they actually won threatening letter. I tracked the bloke down because it was that thing and I rang him up and just said, you cannot be sending letters like this. Well, I didn't mean it. I went, I know, but you can't be sending letters like this. And he went, how did you get my number? I said, I just got got your name and number and just track it down. Yeah, it's Kevin Ball. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, but, yeah, but he was great. I remember knocking on someone's door at Portsmouth too because they slagged me mate off Kenny Black but sent a letter in being really abusive and nasty. So I thought, I fucking go and knock on your door. Now the gamble is he could have been seven foot two and knocked me freaking block <laughs> off, wasn't it? But as you knock on the door and part of you's thinking, give me half a chance and I'll be all right. And I just went, oh, you're right. And he was like, ah. I went, that's not a very nice letter, is it? Well, you know, and it's frustrating. It was like the social media of old. They write a letter nowadays, they post it, <laughs> don't they? But they don't post it through the letterbox, they post not, it online like that. They're not expecting a knock on the door. No, no, but, that's <laughs> where they can get, but they can get away with it nowadays, can't they? That's the worst part yeah. about it. They get away with murder nowadays. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, man. Thank you. I really that, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Cheers, man. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.